to a bonus edition of Fantasy Football Today DFS. Frank Sample joined by Mike McClure and Asin Najad. We are here live on YouTube for the first time Saturday, November 6th. Thanks for joining us, and if you are listening on demand, thanks for listening there. This is the first time we've done this, uh, but we're going to provide updates on each game because we recorded earlier this week, Wednesday night, which is earlier than we usually do, and a lot has changed since then. So let's jump right in, and we'll start with the Vikings at the Ravens. Nothing really changed for the Vikings side of things, status quo there, but for the Ravens, we had Rashad Bateman unable to practice Friday. That really kind of popped up out of nowhere with a groin injury, and Sammy Watkins was limited both Thursday and Friday. Uh, He has a chance to play in this game. See, I know that originally you had Rashad Bateman as your value play on the cheat sheet. So does this eliminate Bateman as a value at 4K? uh, And does it change the value of anybody else on the Ravens? No, it doesn't eliminate him. I, I It's been characterized as a very minor growing issue that I think he's going to play through on Sunday. It's obviously something to monitor. And obviously, you know, you can't play him if he's not going to play. But at 4,000, I still love him as a value. Um, whether you're just taking a piece of that game or whether you're stacking it, I think he can be incorporated in both places. Obviously, if he's out, then you'd have to pivot and just try to see if Sammy Watkins is actually going to play. I'm kind of spec- – I don't know that Sammy Watkins is actually going to play. And even if he does, I don't think he's going to play a lot of snaps. So I still like Bateman. But if Watkins is limited and Bateman is out, obviously you can just pour on to Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown in terms of even more ownership on that. And because those are going to be his primary targets anyway. And you're just going to have to find value somewhere else at receiver. And we know from the Thursday show and from what we're about to talk about, there's plenty of value in that exact 4K range, 4,100, for example, we talked about Brian Edwards, 4,100, Brandon Ayuk. So there's a lot of guys in that range, even if you go lower, uh, Agnew is 4,300. So you can find value in plenty of other places. All right, let's move on to the Broncos at the Cowboys. And Noah Fant is not expected to play, but Albert O is questionable with a knee injury. And Mike, I know that we were pretty excited about him. He's only 2,600. He's a great value. It's a good matchup here going up against the Dallas Cowboys, but he could be limited. So where are we at on Albert O? And if if we do think he's going to be limited, would you rather pivot to someone like Tyler Conklin at 3K or Dan Arnold at 3,400? Yeah, I, I'm going to play him still. If he's active, I'm going to play him. The good news is is it, it's an early start. They're on the road in Dallas, so we're going to know uh, when initial inactives are out. So it's not going to be some one of those situations where you're really having to take a gamble on it. I'm going to trust that if he is active, that he's going to be fine, and I'm going to end up playing him at that price point. Uh, if you want to pivot to Conklin, I think it's fine as well. I would like to do that if I'm playing Lamar Jackson or if I have Bateman or have that stack or someone else in the game. I don't want to get super carried away playing Conklin, just playing Conklin. Um, So if I'm playing Conklin, it's going to be part of some sort of stack, some sort of bring back. If not, as long as Alberto is active, that's where I'm going. All right, for the Cowboys, we had CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper limited in practice on Friday. Both are questionable, plus they are hopeful Michael Gallup can return in this game. Tight end Blake Jarwin has also been ruled out. See, I know you were a little bit more skeptical on Amari Cooper when we did the deep dive uh, earlier in the week. I I, I still like him as, as value at 5,700, but where are you at on the Cowboys pass catchers given all these questionable tags and the fact that Michael Gallup might return? Yeah, I still like Amari Cooper. It's just I'm not super in love with it, only because I think they're going to resort to running it a little bit more than people think. I mean, we know when they're in positive game scripts, they really like to lean on the run, and that's what they've been in lately. So I still like Amari. Obviously, if there's something going on with CeeDee Lamb or any of these other pass catchers, uh, you know, Amari's stock rises even more. He's probably going to be pretty popular in cash 
particularly if some of these other receivers are, are a little banged up. But I think Amari's fine. I'm not playing a ton of him, particularly in GPP, but I certainly think he's a good play. The Bills at the Jaguars. Dawson Knox has been ruled out. Cole Beasley got in a limited practice Friday and is questionable. And I wonder if Beasley could be limited for the game, the fact that he only got in one limited practice the entire week, which would make Emmanuel Sanders, I think, a nice bounce back at, at 5,600 over on DraftKings. Tommy Sweeney likely to fill in here again for Dawson Knox. He's only 3,100 on DraftKings. Mike, what do you think about either Sanders or Tommy Sweeney or maybe even Gabriel Davis if Cole Beasley is going to be limited? Yeah, if Beasley's limited, I honestly think it's just going to be a situation where I pivot more to stuff on Diggs. Uh, I think it's still just going to be a great spot for Diggs. There's enough value that we've already talked about. Yes, it, you can try to hit on one of those. Sanders, I guess, would be the obvious play. Um, just because he had the goose egg last week, everyone's scared of him, and, and the price point there is not quite as low as some of the additional value. So I, I'd like to take that leverage as much as I can. But overall, for me, it, it's going to be Stefan Diggs, and that's really it on the pass catchers for the Bills. Um, just a number of wide receivers that I like. I think the problem here with Stefan Diggs, too, is the ownership is starting to creep up just a little bit again. It's a lot higher than I was expecting it to be this week, and I think a lot of that has to do with some of the question marks. Obviously, losing Aaron Rodgers hurts Devontae Adams. Now Debo Samuel is highly questionable to play in this game. We don't know about Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. So it's really eating into the ownership. And because it's an early game, it's going to be very easy for people to just grab stuff on digs in this spot. Um, so as long as it stays under 15, I've got them like 12, 13% right now. If it stays under 15, I'm still very, very interested in digs. If it approaches 20%, uh, I'm probably going to be out on stuff on digs. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier in the week, According to Pro Football Focus, Stefan Diggs has the best wide receiver cornerback matchup on the entire slate. So uh, lots to like there, assuming the ownership doesn't get too out of control here. Uh, James Robinson managed to get in a limited practice on Friday and is a true game time decision. See, if he is out, how do we feel about Carlos Hyde on DraftKings? 4,900. He had eight targets a week ago. Yeah, I mean, if he's out, I, I like Carlos Hyde purely just from a value standpoint. I don't think he's going to do much against the Bills. But again, if you're getting a full point PPR in DraftKings, half a point in FanDuel, there's obvious value there. He's going to be in that game. Uh, I think they'll do some things, some interesting things if Robinson is out, maybe with like LaVisca Chenault and Jamal Agnew, who we know has been a target monster. So I'm not playing LaVisca. I'm definitely playing Jamal Agnew, sort of regardless of James Robinson's status. But yeah, you're going to need to find value at the running back position most likely this week, especially if you're paying up for those guys like Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill. Carlos Hyde is certainly in that conversation. All right, let's go to the Browns at the Bengals. Odell Beckham has officially been released by the team. Donovan Peoples-Jones is questionable with a groin injury. Uh, Mike, I know that we mentioned Jarvis Landry earlier in the week and didn't really like him, but now we know for certain Odell Beckham is out. Donovan Peoples-Jones is questionable. Uh, has your ha Have you grown to like Jarvis Landry at 5,100 throughout the course of the week? I don't hate it. Uh, I think that it's going to be a fine pivot from someone like Cole Beasley or like Amari Cooper, frankly. Um, you know, Amari Cooper, obviously, we know the upside that he possesses. But like Sia said, the game script is not great there. I do expect them to lean on the run pretty heavily there. Um, so I would like that pivot. Like if you're considering playing Amari Cooper, who I'm showing as the second highest owned wide receiver on the slate now. Uh, I, I like Jarvis Landry as the pivot. It also could be an interesting pivot away from the Miami guys, mostly uh, Jalen Waddle at this point, who I think is going to be incredibly popular now. Uh, I think it's a very interesting pivot. I don't really like stacking the game overall. Um, I don't think that I'm going to end up getting to Mixon or anyone like that. I'm not really super interested in the Cincy receivers. So 
it's a fine one-off play, but I'd only be doing it to avoid the ownership on someone like Amari or Jalen Waddle. All right, I have a bonus question. Odell Beckham has been released. Sia, where do you think that he lands? Well, I think I know where I want him to go. I think I want him to go to the Green Bay Packers because it's a winning culture. He'll be fine on that team. And obviously Aaron Rodgers has been pleading for a wide receiver too. And instead they give him backup quarterbacks and backup running backs. So it's a nice way for the Packers to kind of give something to Aaron Rodgers and for the team as a whole to gain because they do have Super Bowl aspirations. So they are 28th in the waiver order and Odell Beckham will go on waivers. It would just be uh, hilarious to me if uh, he wound up with the Detroit Lions who have the first waiver priority right now. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, a few teams that are high on this list, I could see Washington being interested in them. In him. He is, uh, they're seventh on the list. Atlanta's 11th. I think they could be interested as well. Mike, where do you think Odell Beckham lands? I honestly have no clue where he lands. I think <laughs> that it's really difficult to say who's going to be interested, who's going to be willing to pick that up. Uh, I would like to see him. In Green Bay, I think Sia nailed it. I think it'd be a great spot for him. I don't want to see him in the AFC as a Chiefs fan. I think the team that could potentially figure out a way to get him is the Baltimore Ravens. And that team would be pretty scary in the AFC if they added that threat on the field with the wide receivers they've already got uh, and Lamar's ability to run the football. So I, I think that it's very possible he ends up in Baltimore. And as a Chiefs fan, I do not love it. Well... There's a chance he winds up with the Kansas City Chiefs. They are 18th uh, in waiver priority. So uh, I guess they are ahead of the Packers. They are ahead of the New Orleans Saints, uh, teams that are expected to be interested. So uh, we'll see what happens with Odell Beckham. The Raiders at the Giants. Nothing really going on with the Raiders here. Kind of status quo with them. Uh, Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard have been ruled out for the Giants. Ken- Kenny Galladay is questionable and Ke- Kadarius Tony will play. Uh, see, how much do we like Devontae Booker now? I mean, we pretty much assumed that Saquon Barkley is going to be out, but I'm now seeing Devontae Booker pop as like the top point per dollar uh, play in optimizers right now at $5,900. Yeah, and you you might recall on Thursday's show, I, w- I hadn't really decided on Booker. I wasn't too too excited about it, but it's hard not to be a little excited about this one because of his role. So 5,900 is a little rich. There's a lot of guys in that range, like you know Miles Gaskin, for example, that people are going to want to get onto. Booker's a fine play. I I question his ceiling a bit. Um, As far as the rest of the Giants, listen, I I still like Kadarius Tony quite a bit, whether Kenny Galladay plays or not. And and it looks like Kenny Galladay is going to play in this game. I think Tony's going to get peppered underneath, and you you know what he can do yards after the catch-wise. So I like him quite a bit at 5,200 on DraftKings. All right, so you heard Sia's thoughts there. He thinks that Kenny Galladay is going to give it a go here. Mike, what do you think? If Galladay is in, do we still like Kadarius Tony at 5,200? I think he's okay. Again, it's a really similar situation to Jarvis Landry. Um, if you want to play him, I think it's going to be a fine pivot uh, you know, and kind of a leverage play. I think Booker will still take some ownership. I wouldn't play Booker and Tony together. So if you want to fade that and play some other running backs, still get a piece of that. Uh, I think that that's fine. But it's ultimately going to be a fade of Jalen Waddell or a fade of Amari Cooper if you're getting him in, in my opinion. Um, and I personally am going to elect to drop just a little further down. There's a ton of wide receivers in that four to $4,300 range. Um, and some of them we can wait out later situations using late swap that I think is going to be a massive edge on the slate. All right, the, te- the Texans at the Dolphins. Tyrod Taylor will start and is only 5K on DraftKings, which he is priced right between Tua Tungavailoa and Jordan Love. So I guess it's a way to get different if you want to. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you this time. What do you think about Tyrod at 5K? Any interest there? 
Uh, I mean, I think you can always be interested. If there's a game that they could potentially win and be competitive in, I think it's this one. Um, you know, he's got that rushing upside. Um, I, I think that this is an interesting spot for him. Um, I, I think it would be a really interesting way to, like, if you like Waddle and you like Gasecki a lot, they're going to be very popular. I think that if you really, really, really like them, I think you should just commit to stacking this game and, and use those two as bringbacks. Uh, I think this game... You know, as ugly as it sounds, like there's such a wide range of outcomes for this game, but it would not shock me at all if this one turned into an absolute shootout as well. Yeah, both defense is very questionable here with the Dolphins and the Texans. See, we talk about this a lot. Anytime we lose a player, we love the condensed target shares here. And Devontae Parker had a setback for the Miami Dolphins. He was placed on IR. Uh, Tua got in a limited practice, but he's questionable. Sounds like I think he's going to go in this game. Uh, but mm -hmm. if he plays, we have a very obvious game stack. Jalen Waddell... Tua, Mike Gusecki, you bring it back with Brandon Cooks. How interested are you in doing that this week? I'm not super interested in it, although I understand the value of it. I think, listen, I, I think in cash, Tua makes a lot of sense. I think in GPP, he makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure I'm willing to lean on the predictability of Waddle and Gusecki, notwithstanding the narrow target share. So I, I hear you on that. I mean, honestly, I might in, in a big GPP, I might take a punt on a guy like Preston Williams or something like that. Just just to kind of change it up again. I'm talking purely GPP here. Um, Gasecki, if I was going to lean on one of them more than the other, it would be Mike Gasecki. All right. Preston Williams. I remember we had a game earlier in the year where uh, he wound up playing decently well. Three catches for 60 yards. Uh, he is the minimum price on, no, not the minimum, but he's close to the minimum, 3300 on DraftKings. So super cheap. I think that's a nice call out there by UCA. Uh, Mike, I'll ask you one more question about this game. We talked about Devontae Booker. Uh, Miles Gaskin, I think, is going to be very popular as well. He's 5800 It's a strong matchup. Who do you like better between Gaskin or Booker? Or maybe just play both. You could definitely play both. Um, once again, I'm going to be waiting it out and playing guys in the later games. But uh, it's a great matchup for him. There's no denying that. Um, I, I think he's a fine play. He's in my player pool, but I ultimately am probably going to look to guys like Chase Edmonds just a little bit more um, and, and maybe Eli Mitchell for San Francisco uh, in that same game. But he's he's playable. The issue for me is just the ownership. Uh, he's projecting as one of the highest owned players on the slate. All right, the Falcons at the Saints. Calvin Ridley was officially placed on the reserve non-football injury list on Friday, but we didn't expect him to play this week anyway. The big news comes on the Saints side. Sean Payton came out Friday and said Trevor Simeon will start this week at quarterback, but that Taysom Hill will play, and that completely eliminates Hill from the conversation. He was fifty. He is 5,500 on DraftKings. Originally, we thought he was going to start. Would have made for a nice play uh, in DFS this week, but... Alvin Kamara, this could potentially change how we feel about him. He is the highest-priced running back on DraftKings. He is 8,200. Sia, rank Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, assuming he plays, and Austin Eckler up there at the top this week. Wow, uh, some of my favorites. I, I would actually go Austin Eckler first, Christian McCaffrey second, and then I'd go Alvin Kamara. What, what's really a little disconcerting about Alvin Kamara, his his ownership appears to be really high still. He's one of the, the highest-owned uh, roster running backs uh, on the slate, which honestly, uh, you know, this Taysom Hill news broke just yesterday. I, I would have thought that he would have started off kind of low because we know he doesn't play well with Taysom Hill. He certainly plays better with Trevor Simeon. And what I mean by plays better, I mean he's probably going to get peppered with a few more targets. It's more of a conventional offense. So I like Alvin Kamara, but in a game that only has a 42-point total with Trevor Simeon at quarterback uh, against the Falcons, it, I, I just don't see shootout here. And even though Kamara can he can push through a, a low-scoring game, it's just it's not for me. I, I would go Eckler and McCaffrey ahead of him at, all day.
And when I hear Taysom Hill, quote, will play, that tells me they probably have some packages set up for him in the red zone closer to uh, to the goal line there. And that's something that could affect Alvin Kamara's overall upside in this game as well. So something I'm definitely considering. Uh, the Patriots at the Panthers. Jonu Smith is questionable with a shoulder injury. Uh, if he is out, Mike, do you have any interest in Hunter Henry at 4K? I mean, I think it's an okay pivot, but the only real scenario I get there is if we get news that Albert O is inactive and we're you know really scrambling and we think everyone's going to jump to Conklin or back to Dan Arnold, then at that point I would become interested. But until we have news that Albert O is just not going to play, um, I, I don't think that that's a scenario I'd be willing to invest in. The Panthers are kind of a mess right now, too. Sam Darnold was limited Friday and is truly questionable for this game. They're also hopeful that McCaffrey will play, but that they will determine his status on Saturday. We're recording this on Saturday. There's no news yet on Christian McCaffrey. So uh, within the next couple of hours, we should know whether or not Christian McCaffrey is going to play. I had Sia rank those top three running backs up top. Mike, I'm going to go right back to you here. Uh, how would you rank CMC, assuming he plays, Alvin Kamara, and Austin Eckler this week in DFS? Uh, I would rank CMC number one if he plays just because of the ownership. Uh, It's not going to be anywhere near what Eckler is. I'm projecting Eckler to be the highest owned running back on the slate, potentially the highest owned player on the slate overall now. Um, So just for that reason alone, I'll take the upside on Christian McCaffrey. Um, I would rate Kamara. It's really close between Eckler and Kamara for me. Um, I I do think that they are going to give Trevor Simeon the shot to run this offense for a little bit. Um, So, I think Eckler would probably be last for me um, just because of the ownership. Uh, I'm showing over 23% owned uh, in the recent projections, so I don't think that that's going to be something that I'm going to be able to get get involved with at, at that ownership level. All right, on to the afternoon games, the Chargers at the Eagles. And for the Chargers, two cornerbacks, Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. are out. Asante Samuel has played very well this year, so this could definitely help the Eagles' perimeter weapons in this spot. Jalen Rager is good to go, which unfortunately puts a damper on my man. Quez Watkins, Sia, do you like uh, the Eagles' pass catchers in this spot? Not, I mean, yeah, because of the Chargers injuries in the secondary. I mean, I, I don't love them. I still like Goddard the best. Uh, I think Devontae Smith has some value in GPP with Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. out. I love this game in general. I love the pace that this game is going to feature. I love both sides of the ball. I definitely will be stacking Justin Herbert uh, with like Keenan Allen, Eckler, um, those types maybe even Jared Cook. So yeah, I think the Eagles pass catchers are definitely in play. I'm not going to touch Rager, by the way. I still think Quez Watkins is an interesting punt, but it's really just Goddard and Jalen Hurts that I like in that game on that side of the ball. All right, the Packers at the Chiefs. And what has changed? Aaron Rodgers revealed that he is not some anti-vax flat earther. So that was a fun interview to listen to, but nothing has really changed in this game. It still remains very polarizing because we have Jordan Love starting against Patrick Mahomes, and there's a ton of weapons in this game, obviously. Mike, do you still plan on being aggressive in this game between the Packers and the Chiefs? Uh, Yes, I do, Uh, especially as I'm looking at some of the new ownership numbers and seeing how everyone looks like they're going to be going. Um, I'm showing Jordan Love about 5% owned, so I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm still going to play Patrick Mahomes, who's also projecting at less than 6% ownership. Um, I, I think that any you, you know anytime I'm going to be able to play Mahomes at single digits, I'm going to do it. So yeah, very aggressive here. Uh, Tyree Kill in every lineup. I'll play a little bit of Travis Kelsey as well, um, especially if Albert O gets ruled out. Uh, I think that that's going to be – it might change my builds completely. I might, uh, I might end up with Travis Kelsey even – Maybe even in a cash game, which sounds a little crazy to some of you, but that's kind of the way that I play DFS at this point. So very aggressive on this game, though, for sure. 
All right, the Cardinals at the 49ers, the last game that we're going to talk about here. We saved the best for last. Of course, A.J. Green is officially out. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray are true game-time decisions. Colt McCoy is the backup there. He is 4K on DraftKings. See, let's assume that both Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins are out in this game. What would your interest level be in McCoy? So cheap at 4K. Christian Kirk is 5,300. Zach Ertz is 4,700. Rondell Moore is 4,200. And then, of course, we do have the Arizona Cardinals. They likely would lean on them more in this spot, assuming Colt McCoy is the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one because the point total keeps going down a little bit. Colt McCoy isn't exactly dynamic. I would imagine he'd be throwing in the short area quite a bit. So I really like Rondale more. I think Chase Edmonds makes a lot of sense, like Mike alluded to earlier. And by the way, we talked about this on the Thursday podcast in depth. So please obviously go back and listen to that show because it's really a deep dive into each game. But with that said, with this news, and we predicted, by the way, that D-Hop and Kyler weren't going to play. I, I stand by that. That's why I kind of like the Niners in this game from a uh, against the spread standpoint. But yeah, it's Rondale Moore as sort of a punt play. I don't love it, but I think it's a nice uh, GPP punt play, and it's maybe a little bit of Chase Edmonds. Otherwise, I'm not super excited about this game. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that uh, George Kittle's going to play. We'll get to him in just a little bit. Um, Mike, let's say that Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins both manage to suit up in this game. Do we do we stay away at that point, or what do we do? I honestly, I'll play them if, if they're going to be active. And the reason why is there's only three late games You've got Lamar Jackson on the early slate. You've got uh, Josh Allen on the early slate. No one's going to play him. Uh, even even if he is active, I think everyone's still going to play Patrick Mahomes over him even at this point. So I'll be interested. I trust that if he is active, if he's starting, that they feel good enough that they're going to be able to protect him because the only thing that matters to them really at this point because of the start that they're off to this season is making sure that he is healthy and able to play the full season. So I will trust their judgment in that if he is active, he's someone I'll be swapping onto in some of the tournaments. Uh, and I may not pair him with DeAndre Hopkins if they're both in. I might still elect to play Chase Edmonds. I, I love Chase Edmonds this week. He's going to be in a lot of my lineups. Um, I like Rondell Moore as well. So I'll play Kyler, though, if he's active. So I've talked about it on the Thursday show. Like Sia said, I would encourage you all to go listen to it if you have not yet. I think there's going to be a massive edge on this slate because of the amount of injuries that we're waiting on in this game and the uncertainty on the Green Bay side of the football in that game that just waiting to have all of that information after that early slate starts, it's going to be a great, great week for late swap. Chase Edmonds is 5,300 on DraftKings this week. He was dealing with injury earlier in the week, dealing uh, with a shoulder, but he winds up with no injury designation going into Sunday's game, so Chase Edmonds, good to go. I mentioned the name, George Kittle. He is going to play somewhat of a surprise, at least to me. He is the fifth highest-priced tight end at 5,200. We're not used to seeing George Kittle down that low. Uh, he's part of that mid-tier at the position. Debo Samuel is also questionable here. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is just 4,100. So, see, how are you handling the 49ers pass catchers? Do you have any interest at, in George Kittle at this lower salary than we're used to? I have a little bit of interest in him, uh, particularly if Kyler Murray's playing, because I think that's going to raise the stakes there from uh, just a point-scoring standpoint. I think they're going to lean on Kittle a little bit more. But 5,200 Kittle, like, listen, you're never going to see that again. And I would imagine that if he's on the field, he, he is actually healthy. And he might not play the full complement of snaps, but pretty close. So I'm very interested in Kittle. And if Debo is out, I'm even more interested in Kittle, but also very, very interested in Brandon Ayuk at 4,100. Eliza Mitchell had a limited practice on Friday and is also questionable. There's a chance that Jeff Wilson could play. Uh, we've been waiting for him, and we know that they like him last year. Uh, he 
perform very well down the stretch for the 49ers. Mike, how do you think that this shakes out here with the 49ers running backs? Yeah, with the running backs, I genuinely have no clue at this point. Uh, I think that the thing that dictates everything for them, though, is still the Debo Samuel situation. I'm not super – as a lot of you know, I've been very high on Debo Samuel this year, very high on him this week. However, I am very discouraged by the verbiage used uh, about him and the calf injury. I think there's a chance that he sits here. I do believe that he is truly questionable heading into this game. Um, I love Brandon Ayuk, uh, especially if Kittle – frankly, if Kittle was out there – He's the one and at that position where I don't think that they rush him and push him back into it. I think that they get him back out there, get him used to, frankly, having contact again. But I don't think that he plays a massive, massive role. So I, I think it's a huge day for Brandon Ayuk. He's going to be one of my favorite uh, cheaper wide receivers on the slate. But as far as the running backs go, Mitchell's in play. I, I prefer Edmonds on the other side. But I'll be waiting it out for sure. Um, I, I think that there's the, – the thing about this too, I keep talking about the late swap. It's one that the players in this game with their salaries and the opportunities that they'll have, like I'm talking about leaving a lineup without anyone playing or one or two people playing and the rest for later. You should ignore the salary cap at that point. It's going to be okay in these games, depending on these injuries, to have a lineup that leaves $3,000 on the table on DraftKings this week. It's not unreasonable depending on how these games shake out. And Mike, is that something you're only doing in like larger field tournaments or something that you would actually take a chance on in like single entry or, or three or three max? Uh, yeah, trick question. Just because on a main slate, I play exactly five lineups every single week. I play the same thing every single week, same contests every week. Um, okay. And some of those are three max entry contests. So yes, I will be doing it in every contest, uh, even potentially part of my cash games. Um, as Sia mentioned, when I, when I have a good week, it's going to typically be a really good week. And when it's not a good week, it's not a good week. But that's just the way that I play here. And I think that all signals point to this being the massive, massive late swap edge week. All right, we're going to wrap there for Sia and Mike. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today. DFS will be back again on Tuesday to recap all of Week 9's action and take an early look at Week 10 pricing. We will see you then. 